0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great Sunday. It's, uh, there's some really interesting things that have been happening. It's, it's been a, it's been a good one. It's been a beautiful day here in Cuenca, Ecuador, in the Andes Mountains. It was 71 degrees Fahrenheit today. Beautiful, beautiful. We had all the windows open and let the breeze come through. A lot of puffy white clouds in the sky. In the afternoon, um, the sky looked pink to me. And I took a picture just normal. I didn't even do anything to doctor it up. And it was hot freaking pink on my camera. I was like, what? That doesn't even look real. And then I I put it on, I think it was on the night setting, and I put it on the um, beach setting or the landscape setting. And again, it wasn't as pink, but it was like really pink. And I started realizing that our eyes have uh, rods and cones. And I think it's the cones that make us see color. And I'm dyslexic. It could be the opposite. Anyway, depending on how many... Receptors you have for a specific color depends on how you experience that color. So, I don't know. I mean, I was wondering. I was like really starting to question my eyes versus what the camera saw. <laughs> and like when I see something that looks like a dragon or a wolf or the goddess Nefertiti, like from last week, I take a picture of it so I can look at it and zoom in and go, okay, yeah, it really did look like that. I'm not hallucinating because my camera cannot hallucinate my hallucination. (laughs) So that's my, like, random scientific-ish method (laughs) because, I don't know, I mean, sometimes we uh, get to that point where we feel like, yeah, maybe none of this is real. (laughs) You know, I mean, maybe you all aren't doing psychedelics, and I don't normally, but once in a while I do. And sometimes what makes me question all of reality as a whole and societal systems and everything, but sometimes makes me question my eyesight too. So if I could take a picture of something I'm looking at, and then I look at the picture and it's the same, then I know everything's cool, at least in my brain it's cool. But now this got me thinking about the rods and the cones in our eyes and how we perceive color and what, what part of your eyes would help you see auras. I don't see auras so well. Other people do. I mean, that's worth a scientific study, isn't it? If someone is really good at seeing auras, maybe they have rods, cones, and I don't know what. Maybe there's an X factor we don't know about. And it helps them to uh, see. Very strange idea, yeah? Okay, well, yesterday, um, I think I was telling you about more (laughs) Francis connections, more weird confirmations about the name Francis, and I forgot one thing, is that my new friend here in Cuenca sent me a picture of his cat and I said, oh, your cat's so beautiful. It was a Siamese cat with blue eyes. And he said, yeah, that's my Panchita. Unlike Ponchita, you mean like her real name is Fran- Francisca, Francesca? And he said, yeah, how did you know that? And then I started to realize <laughs> that when I was in Lima, people started calling me Panchita or Poncha. The cleaning staff at the—they um, didn't speak English—and they asked me about my names. They were very curious because I lived there six months in this hostel, the 1,900 backpackers. If you ever go to Lima, stay there for sure. It—the huge dorm is only five dollars a night to stay there. You get a free breakfast. It's such a great deal. But um, anyway, this uh, man who lived. Who? well he worked there he didn't live there he lived in Lima but he, he worked in the hostel and the hostel's like literally from the 1900s it's enormous it literally was an old mansion that was converted into dorms and like the 18 bed dorm was my friend's grandmother's study when he was a little boy he's the owner and he inherited it when they died so whole whole weird thing but Anyway, um, it was like home for me. I mean, I feel like that's like my second home. I could go live there right now, and they would they would want me there again for six months. <laughs> but the staff, one of the guys, his name was um, Ponch Poncho. I said, "Oh, okay, Poncho." And and he said, "When he's a little boy, people called him Ponchito." And then he said, "But my real name is Francis." So I don't know. I just started thinking about the Poncho Ponchita. and then I was watching another gossip girl and they were at a place called panchitos yesterday when after I finished my show and I just wanted to rewind for rewind unwind for a, an hour so I'm like oh, I'm gonna watch an episode of that so I just put it on and the next thing you know here's his name again and I, I I forgot to mention one thing during my show yesterday and that is the snake that I dreamt of that I was flying over, the one that's 100 feet long, when I was in the jungle in Colombia and then again in Peru, both places I was at, in Iquitos and in Leticia, they both said, I mean, people there in both places said, well, that's Pachamama or Pancha Mama. Sometimes they'll say without the N and sometimes with. So I've heard it both ways. Pachamama or Panchamama. That is the Quechua word for Gaia, for the spirit of the earth. So they said it was Pachamama calling you. Pachamama usually shows up in the form of a giant snake because the snake can regenerate itself and... They have long life, and they're always looking young and fresh and new because they're always regenerating, and also it's symbolic of the deep-seated power of the earth and the kundalini energy of the earth, which I kind of mentioned that part, but I didn't mention the Pacha Mama or Pancha. Mama And Pancha means Francis. Oh, my God. So there was like a whole other Francis level to that, too. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it keeps coming to me, and the more it comes, the more i get to mention it. So, every time when I'm finished recording a show, here's another behind-the-scenes secret. <laughs> I listen to my show, make sure that it plays all the way through. So far, so good, never had a problem. And I listen to it, make sure that I sounded coherent enough that I didn't sound totally stupid. If I sound a little stupid, I'll let it go. But if I sound like a complete moron, I'll have to record it. <laughs> so I went ahead and I listened and I was in my room and I was listening to it. And at the end of the show last night, and I had just been speaking about Brother Yehoshua, Jesus. Okay. I kid you not. At the end when I said the words holy fifth dimension and i had it wasn't saying it it was my recording was saying it and i was listening to it and i'm like okay getting ready like all right good now i could publish the show well when i heard myself say those words on the on the recording right next to me somebody's clapped really freaking loud And I turned my head and I couldn't see him because I don't have that kind of sight. But when I closed my eyes, I saw Brother Yehoshua was with me hearing the whole thing. And he was clapping, but he clapped really loud. And it came into my version of my part of my dimension and it just it first freaked me out, and then I heard him laughing a little bit. But I heard him in my mind laughing, but the clap was out loud, like reverberated in my room. I felt this sonic wave in my body from the clap. It was that loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know they're paying attention to everything we do, not just me, but all you guys also. Uh, you know, the the Masters of Light are very curious about how we're getting on with this um, you know, fifth dimension thing and the ascension and our spiritual growth is, it's coming to us in leaps and bounds and it's super rapid right now. So I know that they're like watching us and paying attention, but it's just when when something like this happens, I'm just like shocked. I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) Uh, didn't expect that there. (laughs) So that was like a super cool thing I wanted to uh, mention. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention before we get into the show for today, and I'm so excited. Okay, so in the past, like, maybe 36 hours or something, this started, and for 24 solid hours, 24 solid hours, the Schumann Resonance of the earth was above 40 hertz. 40 hertz, as you recall, is the lowest possible point of the fifth dimension. Now, it wasn't only though at 40 hertz, they had a massive spike at 100 hertz. At 5:15 UTC time. So now I got to go look up what 5:15 means in the Angel Book because that's got to mean something. I think that five means balance, and of course one is related to God. So, you know, that's a miniature (laughs) interpretation. But 100 hertz. Oh my God, you guys, we are really getting up there into that dimension. And it wasn't just at 40, It's all above 40, so when it went back down again at all, which it didn't, if you go look, just look up Shimon Resonance, just do a little search for it on your favorite search engine, and you're going to see it. But it was hovering between 59 and 67 hertz most of the time. Now, two or three different sources on YouTube have said that the Pleiadians are taking... Plasma burst and cosmic radiation from the grand central sun and channeling it through the portal of our um, galaxy's sun, you know our main sun and there's like a portal and it's going right into our DNA. We are being bombarded, but that might sound far fetched for for you, so go ahead to go to nasa 's YouTube and see. One of the biggest solar flares NASA has ever seen in human history just happened, like, in the past 24 hours. (laughs) So not only are we getting it from the Gaia, the Earth itself, but also from the cosmic waves, and I think that bounces off the Earth, and somehow it mingles and mixes and (laughs) fixes our DNA and raises our vibration, and then we can spiritually grow rapidly and build our crystalline bodies and our, you know, our Merkaba and all that good stuff it sounds completely loony but it's real I know it's real I assure you it's real I've asked again and again and again and again of my spiritual guides God, the universe, angels show me a sign it's real and I always get a sign I always get a sign it is real it's got to be real so, I don't know. Pretty interesting stuff, right? So, um, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm sorry about my being a little bit allergicish ish today. Um, I was cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and preparing for that Virgo full moon and got the dust up in my house a little bit. <laughs> so, when it settles, I have to uh, sweep again. But I don't have a vacuum cleaner. I just have hardwood floors, so I just have a. No one really has vacuum cleaners here, I don't think. I I think I've never really heard. I've I've heard two vacuum cleaners in 15 months. So I think most people just have hardwood floors here because it's not really cold. So we don't have carpet. I'm sure some people do, but I've just never been into anyone's house that has carpet. Anyway, so I swept and swept and swept and dusted and you named it. You, you name it, I did it, you know, today, except do dishes. I didn't even do the dishes yet, but, you know, my kitchen light is still out, and I've got to do the dishes by candlelight. So I might as well listen to maybe ghost stories or romantic music. ha, <laughs> <laughs> or probably one of my favorite spiritual podcasts. That's usually what I do. So when I come back, you guys are going to... Here's some really trippy stories. One you might possibly know already because it was out in public. And the rest of these, you know, unless you listen to my old show from years ago, you probably haven't heard these. In fact, I don't know if I've uh, done a full show on this. So get ready. (laughs) The show is going to be about things that go invisible, things that just pop out of existence and then reappear again a few minutes later or a few years later (laughs) so I'm going to tell you guys some cool some cool stories I just felt like this is the day to do it hopefully I will channel God through this and even if I don't remember what I said which is usually the case um, I will be able to relay some stuff to you that will get you thinking in a different way because the more we go to fifth dimension, I have a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, this stuff is gonna start happening more and more and more. All right, I'll be right back. hi guys well I'm back I'm a little bit quieter because I have to record this way later than I was before because I had recorded it and I was editing it getting ready to publish early in fact when the app just shut down my phone started acting weird and uh... (laughs) the whole show dematerialized I had to redo the whole thing (coughs) now it's like almost excuse me now it's um, two in the morning oh, I was I literally had recorded this around eight and I've been having problems with uh, my phone okay so I'm gonna get right into it I'm gonna try to uh, give you the basis for this in my mind from a spiritual standpoint and a scientific potential Have a standpoint it's not I don't have a solid uh argument yet scientifically for it but quantum physicists say that atoms can randomly pop in and out of existence and we don't know because they're atoms and they're so small we can't see them unless we have an electron microscope so It doesn't explain what happens to people, though. What about when your car keys just boop, go missing, they're gone. You put them in the same place every day for five years. You know you put them there. Consciously made an effort to remember that you put them there. And then when you're getting ready to run out to your class or or your work or a date, your keys are gone you look all over the whole house and you come back to the bowl or whatever. There they are. Boop, right back in. Why does that happen? See, so if scientists say that one atom can disappear and reappear without us noticing it, who's to say, and I propose that, is it possible that a whole object can just boop, go on out of existence and then pop right back in. Scientifically, what would it take? Would all the electrons and atoms or molecules of that object have to be magnetized, magnetically aligned? Is it a certain sound frequency? Is it a vibration? how do you just pop things in and out of existence you know so scientifically I don't have an explanation not even a reasonable guess but from a scientific (laughs) standpoint (laughs) I absolutely have an idea I think the things uh, will pop in and out of existence because our spirit guides our holy guardian angel Our higher self, our spiritual masters. They uh, are always around to aid and assist us. And they help when we're too independent on something. Or something is bad. Or if it's bad for us to focus on something too much. Or if it's going to slow us down in our spiritual growth along our spiritual journey. That's the only thing I could really come up with my spiritual idea of that. But you've heard of things becoming invisible and materializing and dematerializing and rematerializing. <laughs> did not Jesus turn water into wine? I mean, I'd like to believe he did. I'm sure he did. He knew how to manipulate matter. <laughs> you know supposedly he came back from the dead right that's definitely a manipulation of matter I think he was working in subspace if you're a Star Trek fan you're going to catch what that is especially if you're a Voyager fan (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) I swear to God I don't have thick nerd glasses on right now I swear I don't (laughs) I know how much of a nerd I sound but I love Star Trek It's so great it's such a cerebral show I'm a very cerebral person so I like that so my downtime is like something like gossip girl I could barely pay attention and still follow it but I think that our spirit guides and, and masters will pop something out of existence for our spiritual growth you know and like I was gonna say you know Jesus he he um Materialized fishes and loaves for people to to eat. Materialized, um, or maybe he sped up time for individuals. I wonder if you can do that. See now, see now, I'm going to be think, deep thinking about this, because it's late at night and I'm kind of when, when it's late at night, I get a little sleepy. I'm just like ah, oh. and I start having these really deep thoughts. That's probably why I never go to bed on time. I'm always thinking these intense thoughts so I'm going to give you guys some stories some are um, ones you may already have heard and some have happened to me and some have happened to my friends or people I know and I've witnessed it happening to other people If you guys have any stories, oh my God, please send them in. It would be so intense. I want to hear all the uh, all the stories, things materializing out of nowhere. It's there and then it's not there, or and then it comes back, or there's nothing there ever, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's like right there. <laughs> These kind of stories are super fascinating to me. So. I mean, seriously, I could I could hear five or ten stories like this every day and just be so happy. <laughs> I love stuff like this. Okay, um, <laughs> and the Invisible Man was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, the old black and white one. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> Shirley MacLaine was... Uh, one of the forerunners she wrote Out on a limb she was one of the forerunners in uh, the new age movement now, that book came out like 1986 or 1987 around there actually it was 86 and she um, talked about a lot of really controversial stuff that freaked people out you know not only reincarnation but spiritual healing and extraterrestrials and trusting in God versus trusting in yourself and this is coming at the very end of the me generation where everyone was thinking about their bodies and their material selves (laughs) when material girl was one of the top songs by Madonna on the radio everything was about material and so here comes Shola (laughs) McLean maybe she's a super early indigo child but (laughs) She comes on the scene and everything about her was spiritual. And she shaped the nation for real. All the people that believe in new age probably have some connection to that book out on a limb. And then the second wave of the new age happened when the Celestine prophecy was released. You know, and then after that, conversations with God might. And if you haven't read any of these books, I suggest you go get them because they're all excellent. But um, in Out on a Limb, Shirley McLean had started gathering crystals and she was meditating and she was doing yoga. And someone told her about Kevin Ryerson. And Kevin Ryerson is an incredibly gifted channel, and he could channel your higher self and your spiritual guides. So Shirley McLean was like, well, <laughs> I need a, you know, an appointment every week with you. So they set it up and she paid him a lot of money because he was super, he was really good. And she recorded every session. And she would listen to them over and over and over again. She would fall asleep listening to them, she'd wake up in the morning listening to them. In the afternoon, she could sneak away from her dance performance rehearsals for a while. She'd listen to the tapes in the green room. <laughs> so, when she was leaving Europe and she was going to come back over to New York, she was gathering up all of her stuff. She was at the end of, um, I think, a dancing tour or you know her dancing troupe or whatever. She was in a show, maybe. I can't remember what the show was right now. But... She was racing out the door of her hotel room, getting ready to to get in a taxi to go to the airport. And she drops her luggage. And she picks it up. There's no problem. She checks it, you know, everything's fine. And she gets on the plane, which gets home to Malibu. Uh, All of her tapes were gone. (laughs) But, you know, the lock was still intact you know had it opened her bag but everything was missing so she immediately had kevin ryerson over to her house she was like all right i have a bone to pick with spirits so <laughs> get right you know let's get right into this and she asked her spiritual guides she was like what happened to my tapes and the answer shocked her they said, well, <laughs> you were too spiritually dependent on the tapes. They became your crutch. You weren't leaning onto your own understanding. You have to lean onto thy own understanding. <laughs> All the answers are inside of you, not inside the tapes. So you're becoming spiritually lazy. Spiritually lazy. We decided we could take them away from you for a while. And Shirley was shocked. she was like, "Oh my God! I didn't know you guys could do that. Isn't that against the rules or something?" I mean, that's crazy, right? So this comes to my second story. And my second story is uh, <laughs> My second story is about my friend David <clears throat> when I lived in um, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, David was an art student and a theater student. He wrote scripts, he wrote um, plays for the theater. He was from New York, and for whatever reason, he just decided to move to North Dakota. You know, get away from all the city life. I think he grew up in Manhattan. So, David was making it on his own, and he was putting himself through college. And he worked at a, a place called Dayton's, which was this huge department store. And Dayton's was kind of an upper-scale store, but they did not pay their employees very much money. So, Shirley McLean comes on the scene, and everyone is just having a field day with her book. Absolutely loving everything to do with um, her book. You know, like... They were either freaking out over it and they couldn't believe it, or they were, but everyone is talking about it. Love it, hate it, agree with it, think it's utter rubbish. Whatever people thought, it's too woo woo. It's too woo woo. She's out there. She's crazy. You know, they all said she's crazy, or the space aliens did something to her because she talked about seeing extraterrestrials. I think she saw a spacecraft and she heard a lot of stories in Peru. <laughs> I mentioned this too, didn't I? There's, a, you know, in the Purple Passions of Peru. <laughs> you know, Peru is a hot spot for extraterrestrial activity. And it's, it's embedded in their culture, just like in all the Native American tribes in North America as well. So getting back to my friend David, he worked at Dayton's and they had decided to have a new age section at his bequest and their new age section was half of one shelf and I think there's some huge honking bookends on either side of those books there's like maybe 20 books that or maybe even less, 10 <laughs> but Shirley MacLaine's book was like the biggest book there You know, it was like huge. And my friend Divi could not wait to get his hands on this book. And Christmas was coming around, and he had just spent all of his money on two flights to LA to surprise his family that were, um, they decided to go on vacation in California because they were all from New York. And he just showed up like totally um, out of the blue. So it was, you know, so he, you know, that was his plan. But he wanted to read something on the plane and he didn't get paid very much. And his boss was being really mean to him. So, in kind of a little snippet fit of rage, he grabbed the book off the shelf and very gently, because <laughs> out of deep respect and reverence for Shirley MacLaine, he put the book in his backpack. <laughs> And he promised himself he would return it in a week. When he comes back from L.A., everything would be fine. Everything would be great. So he reads it on the plane all the way there, on the two planes there. He read it in L.A. He had, like, one chapter left. So he gets on the plane from L.A. to Denver and reads that final chapter. And he thinks, you know, that, that, that book, I need to read it again. It's so deep. There's so many incredible concepts and things I want to think about. So he started thinking, well, my boss was kind of mean and it has been a week and she hasn't fired me yet. So, you know, and he started making all these, and he felt like, he told me later, he said, it felt like I had a devil, a little tiny devil on my shoulder, like a cartoon uh, devil, like from Wendy the witch back in the old, uh, old cartoons. And like, What'd you do? And he's like, "Well, I told him to get lost, and I swatted him off my shoulder." And I decided I would come clean and, and tell my boss about the book. So he was sitting in Denver Airport. And he realized um, at the last minute they switched his uh, they switched his flight, and suddenly he had to race to the other end of the airport so he wouldn't miss his flight. So he's like, "Oh man!" So he grabs his bag, and as he's running something trips him up a little bit and it felt like someone tugged at his backpack and dro- it dropped to the ground and he looked around and no one was there. No one acted like they saw him. In fact, they kind of looked through him like he was invisible. So he said it was a really weird and surreal moment. So he reached for his backpack. He looked. He looked all around. The zipper didn't come unzipped. Nothing happened. It was just it was just fine, everything was great. So okay, he gets on the plane and he thought, you know, I have to return this book. That's only the right thing to do. And he thought, well, that there is that one part that intrigued me the most, is the part where Shirley MacLaine had lost her tapes when she dropped her bag and all of a sudden they were disappeared. He thought, I want to read that part again at least. And then I'll put it back on the shelf, and if I don't get fired, then when I get paid again, I'll buy the book for real. So he had had his good goal, his good plan, and he started looking through his backpack, and the book was gone. (laughs) I know you saw this coming. I know you saw this coming, but the book was gone, so he was like, oh my God oh my god this is so unfair universe this is so unfair what the hell did I do wrong I read the book once I'm not dependent on it well come on you know he was like so upset he's like okay I stole the book I'm not supposed to steal I'm returning it no harm done so he was really upset he thought it was very unfair so he gets back and he still had a week before he had to start work and school again so he decided to go to a few uh, meditation classes and a few yoga classes and clear his head and do some art. And at the last minute, he thought, oh, my God, I didn't do my laundry. Damn it. <laughs> I have to wear clean clothes next week. Oh, my gosh. So he, gathered, he went to gather up his laundry, and he realized he never took it out of his suitcase from a week before. And when he went to his suitcase and he unzipped he unlocked it and he unzipped the suitcase and he opened it and dead set in the center of that suitcase I kid you not was Out on a Limb by Shirley MacLaine (laughs) how the hell did that happen it was checked baggage it was checked baggage how does it make any sense and he thought, oh, yeah, great, funny, ha-ha, good joke, guys. you give me heart attacks. I thought I was going to have to look for another job, and I love that job. Because <laughs> he got discounts on books. <laughs> Usually not the five-fingered <laughs> kind of discount, but... So he brought the book back, and then his next paycheck, he bought the book, so... But that's... That's crazy, right? So... that's David's story now I have another <clears throat> story is in the new age when Shirley MacLaine started talking about crystals and she's talking about it on all the daytime talk show or you know yeah talk shows and I think she's even on Larry King she was definitely on Art Bell more than once and my mother said oh I heard about Shirley MacLaine and her story you know the book you're reading and I'm like oh yeah and she said, "Well, I'm going to get you a crystal." So the following weekend she went and she got me a crystal. She thought it'd be a good one to meditate with. It was a little tiny quartz crystal with orange in it. And um <laughs> I carried that thing everywhere. I meditated with it. I tried to communicate with it, but I never could figure it out. I wasn't as spiritually advanced as I am now. Not saying that I'm really spiritually advanced. I don't know where I'm at, but I know that when, when I was 18, <laughs> I was such a baby. I was very, very much asleep. I was starting my awakening process. And after 30-something years, you know, now I'm, I, have a, I have a little bit more of a vision of what's going on. <laughs> the inner workings. <laughs> or the rules, as you are. As so, anyway, my mom bought me this beautiful crystal. And I never left home without it. I would hold it in my hand almost all day long. And I was always like, Crystal, be with me. Give me crystal power. Protect my body. I didn't know what it did. I was just making up stuff. <laughs> but I had a um, my first photo shoot. And the, the most hilarious part, part about it is that it was for... I, he, the guy wanted me to wear a bikini, and a pale ale T-shirt, and a, um, carry a bottle of Santa Barbara pale ale. And what's hilarious about that is, I am very, very pale. So I guess you know, for him it was maybe a comedy ad, making fun of me. I don't know, but it sounded lovely. Oh, it was really cold, but it, ugh, I had to stand in a river under a waterfall who was in a little bikini in the springtime. It was ridiculous. But um, I wasn't even, I mean, I wasn't in horrible shape, but I wasn't even all that great shape, and I was super pale. And, like, this is literally the last kind of modeling I thought I'd ever do. You know, I was, like, looking more towards commercial modeling, you know. But anyway, I went on this photo shoot, and long story short, um, I couldn't hold my crystal in my hand, so I had to put it in my purse. So I zipped it up all tight. Everything's good. Had my backpack in my purse. And I dropped my purse. It gets caught on the door in the bathroom and just, boom, drops to the floor. And guess what I lost? Yep, you're right. I lost that crystal. But not to worry, it popped into my life again a year later. (laughs) Out of nowhere. And not in a place I ever would have put it, so that's uh <clears throat> <laughs> that's that, right? I think sometimes things will pop in and out of existence. If you guys have any stories about this, I'd love to hear them, by the way. At you know, anchor dot fm forward slash metaphysical. But um I, I think that things do they pop in and out of existence. And I think natural items more so, like rocks or crystals, maybe seashells possibly will pop in and out of existence if they're more natural, I think they might you know have a higher i mean percentage, but how would we know we'd have to do a scientific study and it's kind of a super ridiculous thing to propose to a scientist, right? <laughs> oh God, so you now, my next story is well I think it's pretty hilarious to be honest with you my um my girlfriend Amber and I were both going for um psychology uh, you know that was like our main goal so we ended up in a lot of the same classes and so we planned our whole lives together like every day we had together except for like Sundays and she was a gourmet chef she was an amazing person and is an amazing person and she worked her way up from waitress to running this really huge, fancy, and very famous restaurant in Santa Barbara, or just south, like, I think in Ventura. And, um, you know, so I didn't mind studying at her house. My God, her food was amazing. Ugh, I loved being there. And she was like, you know, another mother for me. You know, I kind of spiritually adopted her, and she spiritually adopted me, you know? So our teacher <clears throat> for our, <clears throat> our statistics uh, class, <laughs> and he's a good friend of mine now, so if he hears this episode, this is going to be hilarious. But <laughs> Ken, if you're listening, I will never forgive you for this. I'm just kidding. I've already forgiven you. <laughs> but <laughs> He forced us to all go out and buy a very, very specific calculator. It was like almost $30, which was a lot of money in, you know, that year is like 80, God, it was 87 or 88 I was in school. Yeah, 88. I mean, $30 for a calculator. How many people have that kind of nerd money laying around? You know, I know I sure did it. So anyway, but we had to go and I had gone to the only place downtown that still had it because I put it off because it was $30 and um, I bought the very last one so fast forward a few weeks later and there's a test and the test is highly dependent on having that calculator at your side because half the test needed required a calculator so I was up all night with Amber (coughs) oh excuse me I was cleaning all day long, and I think the dust is now just starting to settle a little bit. (laughs) Haha, gotta clean again tomorrow, all the way to the Virgo moon. (laughs) But um, Amber and I had stayed up all night studying until 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, we were a little bit worried about the test. We had to figure out the calculator stuff. We were both dyslexic, which is, I think, a thing. It's probably a higher percentage of redheads have dyslexia, which is very weird. But we were up all night. We'd been drinking a little bit, laughing our asses off, you know. (laughs) Probably why we had to study all night instead of until midnight or something. But when I got home that night, it was very late, well, in the morning, it was very very uh, early and I get out of my car and I sling my backpack over my shoulder and it felt like something tugged at my shoulder it pulled me back it pulled a backpack and I turned to look thinking there was a guy there like a robber or something don't mean to be sexist there but that's what I thought um, And I turned no one was there I'm by myself Middle of the road, five in the morning. The sun hadn't come up yet, so it was still dark out. So, and the and the street lights were starting to dim a little. So I couldn't see very well, but I couldn't not see. There was a full moon, also. But what happened was, when that when the when the pet backpack jerked backwards, I dropped it. <laughs> And when I went to pick up my backpack, both of my zippers had been opened all the way. And all of the stuff in my backpack was all over the road. So I picked up everything that was on the, in the road, put it back in my backpack, zipped it up. And I was just perplexed, like, what the hell? What the hell just happened? You know, like an evil spirit? I actually lived on a street or a road called Manitou Road and a Manitou is the Native American word for spirit. So, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that was, but uh, pretty creepy. So anyway, I get into the house and I only have enough time to shower and change and get all my stuff ready for the test because it it was at 7.30 or 8 in the morning. It was very, 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 very early. So I got everything together. And I didn't have my calculator. So I went out to the car and I looked all over, the cal- you know, looked all over for the calculator. I looked in the street, looked under the car, looked everywhere. No calculator. Came back in the house, looked all over the house. Looked in my backpack. No calculator. <laughs> and I was getting ready to call Amber when I put my hand on the phone, the phone rang and she said, where's my remote? (laughs) So we had a fight (laughs) the morning of the test. She thought that I stole her remote, that I somehow was so drunk that I mistook it for my calculator. And I'm like, well, where's my calculator? You stole my calculator. You thought my calculator was your calculator because we all had to buy the same one. And so we accused each other. We had a fight. We were laughing about it, but we were still kind of angsty at each other. So we get to the test and I'm whispering to her, hey, I need to use your calculator. Can I please use your calculator since you stole my calculator? (laughs) And she's like, shh. You know, we're gonna get kicked out Ken's going to kick us out of here. And I was like, oh, man. So I raised my hand. I'm like, I don't have a calculator. And he's like, well, I don't have one. <laughs> I think he said, I don't have one. They're $30. bucks. <gasps> i am just kidding. I don't know if he said that or not. <laughs> I'd like to remember it, it happened that way, because it's more comical. <laughs> But uh, I sat there for, I did the first part of the test, and the second half I couldn't do because the kind of math, it was, like, intense. It was, you know, I had, like, ten problems and five minutes to do it, and Amber's like, okay, here's a calculator for the last five minutes. <sighs> so I got a really bad grade on the test, like a C. It was ridiculous. So anyway, I was kind of mad, and I went home. I skipped my afternoon class. I was so upset, and I was so tired. So I get home and get out of my car with my backpack slung over my shoulder and something yanked on the backpack again. It felt like there was a person there pulling back on the backpack. And I turned to look to see who it was and no one was there. And I dropped my backpack because the tug was so strong. And I put everything back because the both zippers had unzipped all the way all the stuff in my backpack entirely had fallen out again exactly in the exact same spot so i picked up everything and put it in my backpack and wouldn't you know it there's my freaking calculator underneath the tire of my car as if i had just run it over it was lodged under my car tire I know that wasn't true. I know it wasn't there. I looked for it for a long time. So just pop back into existence after the test, after I got the bad grade. I don't know what happened there, but I didn't think I deserved that. (laughs) To this day, I kind of think it might've been a demon or something playing joke on me because that was not funny. Maybe I had a little brother in heaven that just wanted to come and bug me. <laughs> and That was like, that was pretty bad. But um, there was another time in which my um, my husband, my last husband, he um, was downstairs in the garage working on our VW, and he had the wrench in his hand that he was using to tighten some bolt or something. I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> And he needed something, like he didn't, he he needed um, another part. So he was walking over to his tool chest to get the part, had the wrench in his hand, when all of a sudden something kind of grabbed his arm and he uh, dropped the wrench. But the weird thing is the wrench never hit the ground, never made a sound, but he saw a flash of light and it just... (laughs) the whole wrench popped out of existence it dematerialized so I was sitting in the kitchen probably reading a book or something and I look up and here he comes up the stairs and he's standing at the top of the the staircase and he said you're not going to believe what just happened the wrench disappeared and he told me what I just told you guys he said well I don't know Maybe it's God's way or my higher self's way of telling me, don't worry about that now. It's time for you to rest. So he said, I decided to come back up, gonna wash my hands. And then he came back out of the bathroom a couple of minutes later and went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, what? And his face is dripping wet. So I knew mean, he'd washed his face, his hands are dripping wet. Is so it he didn't dry his face and hands off? I'm like, what? And he goes, this. And he raises his right hand up. And in his right hand was his wrench that had just disappeared from downstairs. Of course, now this resulted in three days of us um, dropping stuff (laughs) in what we considered to be a portal to to another world or like a portal elevator in our house. So we kept dropping stuff and nothing ever disappeared again. Just that one time, that one wrench, But then it reappeared like right away, but on a different part of our house, but directly above it in the house. (laughs) So I don't know. I have a friend whose uh, tool chest disappeared, his whole tool chest full of tools. He had it in his um, apartment and after the Northridge earthquake of 1994, he wanted to fix some things in his apartment. And when he went to do that, um, and he, you know, he had done that for a couple hours and then he was feeling tired. And he was getting ready to blow off some friends so he could continue working because he felt like he was on a roll even though he's feeling tired. And he went to his tool chest to start on a new project. And it was gone, <laughs> totally gone. And he just said, "All right, you know what? Right, God, thank you. You got it, universe. I'll go out with my friends tonight and have fun, and I'm going to put off my work till tomorrow. You just give me back my tool chest, please. I'm going to need it later." Sure enough, the next afternoon he went went into his living room to get his tool chest, and there it was, like it never left. Boop! Back into its existence again. <laughs> <laughs> And there was a there's another story. My final story. It's really kind of a silly story, but <laughs> it's it really truly happened. I swear to God, this truly happened. Uh, my husband had some old friends he hadn't seen in like five years, and he managed to track them down in the Bay Area, and they decided to come and stay with us for the weekend. And I wanted to make a good impression, and the way you do that is well, to make blueberry pancakes with maple syrup from Canada right <laughs> who am I fooling I would have made it for myself and my kids and my you know it wasn't just for them it was one of my favorite breakfasts. so <laughs> so we um, had I, we had gone shopping the week before we had prepared for them to be there everything was cool and I got up in the morning and I started to cook I thought how cool it would be if they wake up and I've anticipated their needs of hunger. And the table was filled with, you know, cut up fruit and blueberry waffles and blueberry pancakes. and the works, I'm going to have everything. So I, start, I set out cooking. I was the only one up. And I, was, I, I finished everything. And I was, get, I was getting into the cupboard to get the maple syrup out. And it was 100% gone, it didn't exist. I put my hand where it used to be because I knew I'd just put it there like a couple days before. I knew exactly. And at the time, I had a two-year-old and my second one hadn't been born yet. But my two-year-old was asleep. She didn't, she didn't grab it. So what happened to maple syrup? So I, just, I shut the cupboard and I said, Okay, God, I really need the maple syrup. I know I bought it. It was really expensive. Please, God please return the maple syrup, we're gonna need it. You know, we need for pancakes and for the waffles. I just made, I did all this stuff. So I opened up the cupboard and it's not there. I'm like, oh, shut it again and I said, I know we have maple syrup. I command there to be maple syrup because I bought it and I own it and I deserve to have this energy of maple syrup. Opened up the cupboard, ha, <laughs> there's the maple syrup. I pulled it out, put it on the table and it never disappeared again so there you have it you know from Jesus making loaves and fishes appear out of nowhere and turn water into wine and to these modern day stories I have a feeling that as we go more up into the 5D the 5th dimension we're gonna have more and more of these kind of stories and when they happen, I can't wait to hear them. So you guys have gotta tell me. I mean, I would love to do a whole show about these kind of stories. So, um, let me know. Send me a message. You know, you could tweet me at at MermaidGirl eight eight eight. The number's eight eight eight. Or uh Write me at anchor.fm forward slash (laughs) metaphysical. So I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Things pop in and out of existence and why. Who's doing it? What's manipulating the matrix or the universe? These are some of these late night deep, deep thoughts when we're ascending so high and the vibes are coming The more uh, plasma energy waves I'm feeling, the more I get into these super deep, crazy deep thoughts. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time.